Dr. Hernandez, I want to welcome you to Coco Pods, a podcast of the Broad Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. And I want to thank you very much. I know you are very busy for joining us as we discuss very important issues affecting pregnant women in Georgia. With a closer look at reasons a sizable number of black women and women of color may have bad outcomes during pregnancy and from pregnancy-related events. My name is Dr. Bola Sogadi. I'm a women's health specialist, and I also talk about the issues relating to women having bad outcomes in pregnancy and how we can reduce these issues. Your research interests include community-based participatory research, women's health inequities, technology-assisted interventions, health policy, social determinants of health. Could you explain to us, please, Dr. Hernandez, in layman's terms, exactly what each of these research interests seek to achieve? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today on Cocoa Pods. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just super excited to be here. A lot of my research interests come from my background in the community that I grew up in and seeing people die prematurely for reasons like having lack of access to care, so not having health insurance or living in the South Bronx, which is one of the poorest counties, not having access to transportation, schools that weren't doing too well. What people don't understand is that where we work, live, play, and pray really affect our health and our health outcomes. And the only way that we can really solve these solutions is if we think about health comprehensively and we think about, again, our surrounding environments, our context, but in, we do it in a way that really lifts up the patient's voices, that really center the experiences of the patients that we serve every single day in our lives, because they have so much value to tell. And working together with experts like you, Dr. Shigade, and, and, and making sure that every voice is heard in trying to figure out solutions to the issues that we're facing, especially when it comes to maternal mortality and morbidity. Wow. Dr. Hernandez, you are an assistant professor in the Department of Community Health and Preventive Medicine, and you are the director of the Center for Maternal Health Equity at the Morehouse School of Preventative Medicine. Please tell us about what you do in this role. Absolutely. So as an assistant professor, I'm a social behavioral scientist. A lot of my research is focused on exactly what I talked about, those research interests but really looking at women's health across the lifespan. So prior to a woman gets pregnant and in the postpartum period. As the executive director of the Center for Maternal Health Equity, I oversee the operations and represent the center. Um, the center was established in 2019 through state funds. Um, Governor Kemp's office saw and our state legislators saw a need for an organization to solve inequities. They actually developed a study committee to sort of figure out what, what was happening. Why does Georgia have some of the highest rates of maternal mortality in the country and how can we solve these things? And so who better than a historically black medical school to really dig deeper into the issues? Because if anyone's gonna solve the issues surrounding black women in particular and other women of color, then it should be the population that looks like the people that they're serving. 
And so we have a unique role in making sure that interventions are developed, that we're engaging with community, and that our research translates into policy and action because we can do the best interventions and we can provide the best medical care but if our communities still suffer from structural inequities and racism, then we'll never resolve the issues that our communities are facing around maternal mortality and morbidity. Wow, wow. And you did talk about the community. How can the community get involved in research like this? Absolutely. Thank you for that question. The community can get involved in research First, by contacting organizations, right? Like there's so much stuff going on and I know the community often doesn't hear about it. But if you go to our website, www.msm.edu, you'll hear, you'll be able to see about different research projects. We're also always advertising for, for people to participate in research. What I wanna tell the community is that research is not scary. The only way that we can solve issues is if you participate. There have been interventions that have been developed that are not effective for black and brown women because we haven't participated in those clinical trials. And I understand the distrust that the community has. But again, a trusted institution like Morehouse School of Medicine is here to work with you. That's why we believe in building that trust and rapport with communities. You'll see us as researchers in the trenches. I wear my jeans. I put on my polo like yours, Dr. Shigade, and I go out there and I talk with women and I work with community-based organizations and we work with community-based providers because y'all are the key to solving these issues. So those are ways that you can be involved. You can look at, again, different websites. We're always posting on Facebook and even through podcasts like this where we have an opportunity to talk to each of you and let you know that you can trust us We will never harm you. There are rules in place at academic institutions when we conduct research that we have to abide by that protects your rights as a participant in research. I mean, Dr. Hernandez, thank you so much for mentioning that because historically and rightly so, Black and brown women have been victims of unethical research. They have learned not to trust the system and not participate in research, and conclusions are drawn from populations that do not look like them. And so the results might not mimic what they are in in reality. So, I mean, thank you so much for just telling women out there with a historic place like Morehouse, you are putting your name behind the research, you are making sure everything is ethically done so the women can be rest assured that what is not like it used to be in the past, right? Absolutely. And that's why at Morehouse School of Medicine, and particularly with my research, I always have community advisory boards, or in my instance, we call them the porch, because we know that the porch is the staple of Southern society, you know, where you gather with your families. And that's how we see research. We see research as a participatory process where we don't consider, we don't bring women in when we're ready to conduct the research. We bring women in when we're writing the research proposals. We bring women in as soon as we start thinking about the research questions we wanna ask. We bring women in and center their experiences when we develop the surveys and the focus group questions. And we bring women in when we analyze the data. So we actually train our women 
to be participants in research and to lead the research. And so we work with great organizations like yours, Dr. Shigade, your organizations like the Center for Black Women's Wellness, Sister Love, Sister Song, a lot of Black-led community-based organizations and community providers and healthcare providers like Dr. Shigade who have the trust and can be the voice and amplify the voices of our women because it's our turn, it's our time to take control and decolonize the research that's currently out there. Dr. Hernandez, you're such an asset to Morehouse, to the community. I mean, just looking at you, the passion, the knowledge, and I've been in several meetings with you, just your sheer knowledge and your passion, I think is going to help us cross some barriers that we haven't crossed in the past before. You are working on a very important project right now, addressing some of the reasons minority women are dying in pregnancy at an alarming rate in the state of Georgia. Can you tell us more about this project called the Georgia Improve Project? And GA Improve is actually an acronym. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, so our Georgia Improve is... You see, now I got all stuck on the acronym, but I'll get to you on the acronym, but it's improving outcomes um, vision for everyone, um, improving pregnancy outcomes vision for everyone. And it's an important project because it prioritizes a community focus. It provides a platform for which future research can exist, and it includes community in the process. And so what's been happening is that we have great interventions and people have created really good things like, let's say, remote monitoring. But there's not enough evidence to support that remote monitoring is doing what it's intended to do. And so through Georgia Improve, we're working with community-based provider practices like Dr. Shigade's and others and other healthcare providers across the state who serve Black women to develop an infrastructure for research. So when we have a really great intervention, we have an infrastructure in place to put those interventions at each of these practices and see how women are doing in a safe, effective way. And again, where the community provider practice is in charge of what's happening at that site. And so with Georgia Improve, we just, we're still signing agreements with community provider practices and working on uh, what we call a pilot project. A pilot project is a research project that's not a full-on research project, but it's like a mini project to see how things would go if we then eventually decided to make it bigger. So these are really important because pilot projects help us to detect if the research questions we're asking are right. Because you know some of us in academia don't really know how to talk to community. And so we'll put out big words. And although our patients understand preeclampsia, there are ways you have to ask that question. Or or if you're talking about hypertension or cardiomyopathy, what are these things, right? And so we test these questions to make sure women understand it. And then we test it with vigorous methods. So we make sure that things are done. If you remember being in school about the scientific method, that things are being done exactly that way. We have a hypothesis and we do an experiment. And these are sort of like mini experiments. Now we never leave women out. So even if women are not getting the actual intervention, we delay it so that every woman has access to be able to do the intervention because it's unethical to leave women out or provide them with nothing. 
we also are really thinking not just about clinically, but how are we linking women to the services that we need, especially our women in rural communities. A lot of people often think of rural communities being very white. Georgia's rural communities are actually black and they're full of energy and full of wonderful people, but just lack the resources or the medical systems that need to be in place to provide the best care possible to our women. And so that's why we're developing this project or have developed this project and have received funding from the National Institutes of Health, which some of you may be familiar now because you see Dr. Fauci all the time um, <laughs> representing the National Institutes of Health or because of the pandemic that we're in, we're being forced to understand who NIH is. And so the project is funded through there. More recently, we received funding to expand upon this project and really think about the dual pandemic, right? So we're in the midst of COVID-19, but we're also in the midst of this racial reckoning, which we know has had a tremendous effect on all of our mental health, right? And I can attest that it has affected me and I'm a woman with means and I have access to resources. So I know it's affecting so many more people. And so through this project, we're trying to understand a lot of other things, right? One of them is speaking with policymakers and leaders in our communities, because every time there's a health issue, we go automatically to doctors, or we go automatically to public health professionals. But our local legislators are the ones that are making decisions that really impact our health. And so we're doing an assessment, which we called, you know, where we're asking questions, of our policymakers, of leaders, of frontline workers about the experiences that they see pregnant and postpartum women are facing during COVID-19 and in the context of racism, right? The second um, thing that we're doing is we wanted to really understand how the pandemic and racism are contributing to stress. Because one of the leading factors that's contributing to maternal mortality and morbidity is stress, right? Or some people call it anxiety. Some people call it postpartum depression. But we know in our population, we call it stress. We don't know what it is. We just know that we're, we feel like we're losing it and it's becoming overwhelming. And so we're looking at biological um, indicators of stress. So we're collecting hair samples from women. And we know some of you are probably like, I don't want you to pull out my hair. Why? You know, this is all I have. This is, you know, this is precious to me, especially to Black women. Like our hair is just who we are, right? I am my hair. But we're doing it in a way and we're working with researchers who have done this for a very long time and you're pulling it all the way from the back. But your hair has so much information that we can learn about you and the levels of stress that you're facing. And then also looking at how if we presented a question to you that was sort of, that triggered emotional responses, we would look at how much you're sweating in response to that. And this is a process where we'll ask you questions about racism, which is a traumatic experience and see how you respond to that. Third, we're doing another pilot feasibility study, a pilot project with remote monitoring, but on women who have had, who are pregnant, and have had COVID or currently have COVID and following these women for a long time because we don't have a lot of information around COVID-19 and pregnant women. And this is a population where we're gonna see maternal mortality rates increase 
And one of the lead reasons, and I'm sure in 2020 and 2021, is going to be related to COVID-19. We've seen, I think in Mississippi, they reported 15 women and 62 unborn children dying from COVID-19. So these are important things to study. And then lastly, you can't address racism. Sometimes people are like, well, how do we know racism is something that you perceive for yourself, right? But one thing that you can't argue about racism is historical policies that have been in place that have put down Black populations, particularly in the South, I mean, all over the country, but things like redlining, unfair mortgage practices, where clinics are located in our communities. So we have a legal epidemiologist looking at how structural policies are related to maternal health outcomes. And they're doing this by policy analysis and linking it to public health data sets. So this is groundbreaking work, amazing work that we're trying to accomplish within one year. And we need everyone that's listening to this to participate, to learn more about this project and figure out ways that we can come up with solutions. Because if any state is going to be the model of how we get out of this mess, is going to be Georgia. We know California has it together. We know New York is getting it together. But we can be that example and get out of last place or second to last place. Wherever we are, it's still not good. We need to be in this together. <laughs> wow, Dr. Hernandez. I mean, you're so passionate, so knowledgeable. You know, there's the issue of food deserts, clinic deserts, lack of transportation. Even when it comes to training, there's a capacity of uh, healthcare providers that look like the patients that they are trying to treat in the South. There's even a sparsity of medical students coming into the system. I have medical students rotating with me that I can see that there are not a, a lot of Black uh, male physician uh, to bees rotating with me. And so it's just, like you said, a very big problem at so many levels. And I'm glad you talked about the stress. Stress is a big factor. And you are right. You know, we just call it stress, you know, in the in the community. I mean, what can women do, especially in low resource settings? What can they do to, you know, and I know this is a very deep question. It can have deep roots. But what can women do at least to alleviate stress, to help their pregnancy and not be another statistic in this maternal mortality, morbidity fight? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the question about what women can do, right? Because I think a lot of other communities have it right. If you look outside, you'll see a lot of other populations running, doing exercise and doing all of these things that are so critical. And people think, well, it's about losing weight, but it's actually about your mental health. Your mental health is connected systemically to the rest of your body. That's why we know that stress breaks down our bodies um, or what we call weathering and that Black women in particular carry this mental load. There's this idea of being a superwoman. I can handle it. I've been taught to do this. There's so much stigma in our communities around mental health, but you can do simple things. And the first thing is just talk to somebody. Let somebody know, be vulnerable about what you're experiencing because you're not alone. As much as you think that you are, you're not. 
make sure you talk to somebody. There are numerous resources that are available. We know we don't have enough psychiatrists or psychologists or licensed behavioral therapists, but they are some that are out there. And now with telehealth, you can access those providers. They don't have to be where you're at. And if you don't have access to internet, like broadband access, your local health department is set up to conduct telehealth. And so if you go to your health department, then you're able to link up to someone, maybe even at Morehouse School of Medicine, that can provide mental health services to you. Your primary care doctor, if you contact them, they're able to access resources for you. So it doesn't always have to be a psychiatrist. Just talk to your regular doctor and say, look, this is happening to me. Be honest. That's what they're there for. They're there to protect you. They are the experts. They know what to do. Please trust your healthcare providers. And there's a, a program we have in Georgia called Peace for Moms. And so if our healthcare providers are not trained in that, they can call Peace for Moms and they will be connected to a psychiatrist who will show them what to do and how to work with you. Simple things. If you love to dance, dance. Just move around. Sometimes stretching, getting out of your seat. Little things like that help. If you need to get away from your children, like I do sometimes, I have my partner drop them off with auntie, your grandma, your cousin, or somebody, and just say, I just need 30 minutes to go to the supermarket. Even if you're just walking around at Walmart or wherever it is that you go, just take that time for yourself and take a deep breath. And again, remember the most important thing is if you have any thoughts of suicide or suicide ideation, please call a healthcare provider right away or even call 911 and they'll direct you to somebody. You are not alone in this. I think it was a staggering statistic and I don't want to say it because I don't have the actual facts, but it was a high percentage of women that are really going through a lot of these issues. My colleagues and I conducted a study in Atlanta and we found, and this was pre-pandemic, where we found 60% of the women that we surveyed indicated that they had some type of mental health challenge that they were experiencing. A lot of them were not screened. So that's one thing that's happening in our community is that a lot of our women are not being screened for mental health disorders or mental health challenges. And that's something that we need to get a handle on because if we don't have mental health, we don't have health. You mentioned Peace for Moms. So that's P-E-A-C-E for moms. And they can find that online, right? They can find that online. And that's really a referral line. So that's really for your healthcare provider to call. And they would be linked and figure out a plan for, for you to deal with your mental health. But this was a program that the state allocated a lot of funding for. And that is available to everyone because, again, we know that we have, I mean, the whole country has a shortage of mental health providers. So if any of you are in medical school or considering any type of field, psychiatry is a really good place to go. Or become a, if you want a PhD, become a clinical psychologist. (laughs) Wow, Dr. Hernandez. So just to recap, for the Georgia Improve, the project is ongoing and how can women get involved? I know you mentioned that. How can they, if, if the community was going to get engaged in this, number one, and then I know healthcare providers, 
uh, OBGYNs, doulas, are getting educational training. I know I've been in one of the trainings. Can you tell us, number one, how the community can get involved and how the community can be rest assured that the people doing the research are getting training from Morehouse School of Medicine? Absolutely. Thank you for that, Dr. Shikade. So right now we are starting to conduct focus groups and focus groups are group discussions that are focused on particular topics. And so for Georgia Improve, yeah, we want to learn a little bit about your personal experiences, but we really want to know about the barriers and facilitators to actually participating in research, right? Because the focus groups are going to help inform how we develop this infrastructure for research projects. And then how do we help practices like Dr. Shigade's eliminate those barriers to be able to conduct research at her practice? So we're conducting, we thought it would be great to understand everyone that touches a woman or surrounds a woman. So we have focus groups for moms, we have focus groups for dads and other people that support mothers. And we have focus groups with perinatal professionals, people like doulas, like lactation consultants, even community health workers, whoever serves a woman in some capacity that's not a medical provider. Those are the groups we're having focus groups with. If you're interested in participating, you can email D T E A. G-U-E at msm.edu, and she will send you flyers depending on who you are to be able to participate in these focus groups. The focus groups are being run by myself and other people. So if you enjoy speaking or hearing me on this podcast, you'll enjoy having me in a focus group. I'm a riot. I love it. And I love getting people engaged, especially in research. I want to make you excited about research. You also receive an incentive. So for participating, because we know for some of you, it might be during your lunchtime or you might need to get something or whatever. So we'll give you a gift card for your participation. We also did surveys with medical providers and nurses and found out a lot of interesting things about barriers to research. For instance, a lot of doctors are just simply busy, right? We know that they're practicing all day. And so sometimes that becomes a challenge. Or if you're a small practice as a healthcare provider, you may not have enough staff to be able to conduct the research. And so those are things we want to know because then that's where we'll pour resources into to eliminate those barriers so that the research can continue to happen. So those are current things that are happening with our Georgia Improve Project and how you can get involved. Again, you email D. T-E-A-G-U-E at M-S-M, Mary Sam Mary dot E-D-U. Wow, thank you. And that's for Miss Deborah Teague. She is our program manager for the Georgia Improve. And just, I got to give a shout out to her because she's the one that just gets us going and puts us in our place. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And, and you mentioned that there were some other investigators. I know you are one of the principal investigators for this big project. Do you want to mention your other principal investigator in this project? Absolutely. And so the other principal investigator is Dr. Cheryl Franklin. 
She's an OBGYN at Morehouse School of Medicine and practices both at our Morehouse Healthcare and at Grady Hospital. She's a fantastic colleague, has been practicing for such a long time, was our former medical director of Morehouse Healthcare, and is just a trusted person in our community as a provider. And also if just really passionate about this issue. Um, and so it's nice because we're a team where I'm not a medical provider, or I'm a social behavioral scientist, I'm very much the researcher, and then that Dr. Franklin, who brings this clinical expertise, and that's the way projects should be, right? It should be a team effort, because there's we're not going to solve the issue if it's always I, 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 and people are competing for resources. We're only going to resolve the issue if we work together and we bring in minds that can think very differently. So oftentimes people don't think, oh, maternal mortality it might be good to have an urban planner. Why? Because if we don't understand how streets are being built, how buildings are being built, or how we're building context, then that's gonna contribute to inequities. Oh, okay. And then what about someone in transportation or someone that knows how to do technology? All of these things are really important because it's gonna take all of us to really figure out how to create innovative solutions that work for women and that are also cost effective, right? Because we can't make a play to policymakers if things are super expensive. So a lot of different things to think about and things that we're trying to tackle with Georgia Improve so that others can replicate it and continue to do the same thing because we are on a mission to advance maternal health equity.